Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. Registration is now open for 2022 camps. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to another episode of New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Ludicky. It's great to be here. I've got a very special guest with us uh, coming to us via Zoom today. Salisbury School Crimson Knights head coach Andrew Will. Andrew's been with Salisbury School since 2008. Uh, he is a multiple champion, including the most recent 2022 NEPSAC championship uh, team. Uh, he's just had a lot of tremendous success as, as, as a coach here at Salisbury and, and prior to that when he was at Upper Canada College. And uh, Andrew, it's a, a pleasure to welcome you here into RinkWise today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Kirk. Great to be here, and uh, really looking forward to having a chance to speak with you today. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. You know, the last time I saw you, I was interviewing you at Belmont Hill after the game. Things were, you know, obviously winning a championship was unbelievable for you guys, but at the same time, uh, we're, there was a little bit of a concern. Um, you know, Dane Weston had taken the hit, and it kind of the, the way the game ended was was probably not ideal, other than the fact that you guys were able to pre- prevail, but was very glad that, that Dane was okay, and I had a chance to see him uh, play since then, and know he's he's a-okay and, and, and back at it, but um, just uh, how have things uh, been going for you guys at, at Salisbury since uh, since we last uh, saw you here on the you know after the championship match? Yeah, that that certainly was uh, was an afternoon that was filled with uh, with a range of emotions for for our team for for our school too. Um, obviously, you know we were riding a little bit of the high there when Ben Poitras scored that empty net goal. We kind of were able to let loose a bit on the bench. Uh, the guys realizing that uh, they were going to achieve the goal that they had set out for themselves uh, way back at the beginning of the season. Um, and then to have Dane get hurt the way he did. And, um, you know, Dane is a remarkable young man. He was a heartbeat of our team this year. Uh, and he's he's also just an extremely tough, competitive kid. And for him to stay down, uh, you knew it was it was something uh, pretty significant. And as you alluded to, fortunately, he uh, was 100% okay. 
Um, but, uh, you know, our guys went from jubilation to fear and, and, and just being terrified about, uh, what might've happened to, uh, to Dane. So, uh, once we, we knew he was okay, um, it was great that the guys were able to, uh, to celebrate that moment. And, uh, we were able to do that a little bit together on the ice and then in the locker room and, um, obviously been able to do that, uh, since we've all been back here. Uh, at Salisbury uh, starting up in the spring. So uh, obviously a, a memorable year, remarkable year uh, for that group of kids. And, uh, you know, just uh, thankful that, yeah, we, we were able to win that last game, but more than anything that, uh, that Dane was okay. Right. And, uh, you know, it was remarkable because you guys had to do it the hard way. I mean, it's not often that you, you are a lower seed and you have to go and, and win three tough games on the road and play three very tough uh, opponents. Uh, you started out in mass uh, with Dexter Southfield, and then you had to head up to almost the Vermont border to take on Kimball Union. And uh, you did that. And then you came back down to mass and, uh, and finished it out uh, in dramatic fashion. Uh, just, you know, speak to the to the to the character of your team and in being able to do that and and understand that you know their backs were against the wall at, at one point during the season and then you guys were able to put together a pretty impressive win streak get yourself in and i remember jeff cox saying on an earlier rink wise hey salisbury school is the one team we don't you don't want to play going into the knapsack playoffs well we uh <laughs> we we relish just having the opportunity and we, we talk a lot uh, as a staff and, and as a program about just putting ourselves in a position to, to have a chance to, to have something good happen. And um, as you alluded to, we had a little bit of a, a slow start to the season and uh, you know, went into uh, the holidays after the flood mar uh, at five and four um, and, and really hadn't found our, identity as as a team yet and you know we were really uh, excited about the group and, and thought we were capable of of doing some exciting things and you never know how it's going to play out over the course of a season but you know we just felt we we hadn't really um come together in the in the way we felt we were capable of doing and i think there were a number of of factors that that played into that and um, you know, one, I think we, we had a quick start. We, we, uh, did the showcase up at, at Berkshire. Um, we won our first three games. And I think in those five contests, uh, I think we had three or four shutouts and, and, you know, you, we went into the season where, um, expectations were, were high. And I think our guys started to think, Hey, we are, <laughs> we are pretty good. And, um, you know, with, with only, uh, three guys back uh, on our team this year who were a part of the uh, most recent prep season, right? Going back to uh, that 1920 season, um, only three guys were on that team. Um, and and two of them were playing. Uh, Ty Scott uh, was injured for us all year. So even though he was one of our captains and a leader who'd been through that experience, he wasn't dressing for us. So we just didn't have a lot of uh, understanding and awareness of what it what it really takes to be successful day in day out at, at the prep level and um, you know ultimately I think that that led to 
a lack of um, ability to focus on the things that we had control over um, as a team and um, you know that lack of attention to, to detail and and focus um, you know hurt us so we were inconsistent you know we met just quickly after the KUA game at the flood mar where we we lost with you know 13 14 seconds left in that game um, and we just we talked about where we were and uh, what what we needed to spend some time thinking about and uh, being prepared to to change once we got back and I give our our kids a, a ton of credit um, you know starting with with our our leadership group with Ty mentioned and, and Dane Weston was one of our assistant captains and Oliver Frontini was our captain and when they came back in in January after the break you know there was a real kind of sense of purpose and focus with the group, which, which was tremendously exciting. And you alluded to us having our backs against the wall. You know, obviously we uh, were able to win a lot of those games. Uh, you know, we dropped a, another uh, OT game to Kent uh, along the way, but at that point, you know, our identity and uh, confidence as a group had, had really started to, to settle in. So um, it was uh, in some ways, uh, a two-month playoff run for us, uh, not just that last week. And uh, again, our kids uh, rose to that challenge and, and were terrific. In order to build a successful program the way you have now, you know, since 2008, which is, a, you know, you've been there a good long time and you've really put your stamp and your legacy on it, but no, nothing happens by yourself, right? There's always people along the way that have that have helped you get there, that have showed you what right looks like. So, you know, just kind of take us through it. How did, how did you get going and, and who was really instrumental in your, in your own success? Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, you know, I think it all started for me, uh, with, with my dad. Um, you know, my dad was a English teacher and high school football coach, uh, back up in Toronto. And, um, you know, it, my brother and I, uh, and we have two sisters, none of us played football. Um, but we used to love going to his games and, uh, you know, I was the water boy on a, on a bunch of those teams and just being around, um, uh, you know, high school athletes who, who may as well have been, uh, CFL or NFL players to a young kid, uh, like myself, um, you know, I just loved being in that environment and, um, you know, had a ton of admiration for, for my father. And, um, he really kind of instilled that enthusiasm and excitement, um, on the coaching front. And to be honest with you, one of his best friends who was also a teacher at the same high school, um, you know, was a, was a youth coach. Uh, he had a, a son who was about five or six years younger than I was. So, uh, when I was about, uh, 14, um, I started as a, a volunteer assistant coach uh, for for Bob Lado was his name uh, for for Bob's team uh, and and his son Mark uh, the baseball team and uh, hockey team that he played on and um, you know so I, I got a chance to to do some coaching at at a really early age and um, Bob gave me a lot of responsibility too which which was great as you know fourteen year old kid. Um, I still remember this uh, clear as day. Um, oddly enough, Dominic Moore, uh, you may remember Dominic oh, from yeah. Harvard, and he was a 10-year-old on that baseball team uh, and played center field for us and was the smallest kid uh, on the team. But you could just tell what a 
competitive athlete he was. Um, but anyway, Bob, uh, the first time he let me uh, coach third base, and uh, as as the third base coach, I was calling the shots right and and giving the the batters uh, you know the signs. And uh, Bob really turned the reins over to me. And uh, the first time he did that, uh, his son came up in that first inning. Um, and I gave him the take sign with two strikes because the take sign was to clap twice. And I was just so excited to be there and I was trying to be encouraging. And so I clapped twice, encouraging Mark to, to swing away. And he took <laughs> pitch right down the middle and just turned and looked at me. And I remember just that feeling of, uh, you know, <laughs> letting him down, letting the team down. Um, but it was also just a great lesson in terms of, um, you know, having to to manage and juggle a lot of different things as a coach and um, staying level headed and, and calm in the moment. So that's where that's where it really started. And, um, you know, as I was fortunate enough to, to continue playing along the way, um, I have had, you know, a bunch of coaches who uh, encouraged me and uh, ultimately gave me an opportunity to to pursue my my passion for, for coaching. And, um, you know, I, I played, uh, at Upper Canada college as, as a student, um, and the two coaches there, Andrew Turner and Brent McKay, um, you know, were really influential, uh, on me, uh, as, as a player and as a person. And, um, you know, Brent as the athletic director ultimately gave me my first, uh, opportunity to be a head coach, uh, when I left RPI, to go back to UCC um, and teach English and, and be the, the hockey coach there. Um, and then at, at Union College, um, you know, where I played, uh, Kevin Snedden was one of the assistant coaches. Uh, he worked with the D uh, when I was there. And um, so after my first year of uh, playing in the East Coast League, uh, Kevin had offered me a job on his uh, coaching staff at Union uh, which, which was something I was, was thrilled to have the opportunity to do. Um, but unfortunately I couldn't, uh, make the visa situation work, um, as a Canadian and trying to get a visa, uh, in a timely manner to, to take the job at union. Uh, it just was something that we couldn't pull together. So unfortunately I had to uh, pass on that opportunity, uh, went back and played a second year in the East coast league. Um, but then the, the following year, uh, that job opened up again and, and Kevin uh, came calling, thankfully, and we were able to, to figure it out. And uh, uh, a big thanks to Ron Fogarty uh, at Princeton, who, who helped me uh, navigate the visa process that second time through. Um, you know, so for, for Kevin to um, give me that opportunity to, to get into coaching um, and, and obviously learned a, a ton from him uh, through that experience, um, you know, another person who who's had a huge influence on me and continues uh, to be a great friend and, and sounding board is uh, Dan Fridgen, uh, who hired me at RPI uh, after Kevin uh, left Union to take the job at UVM. So, um, you know, that that year um, going across the Hudson River and being a union guy as a player and as a coach to then go work for the uh the enemy, so to speak, at RPI was uh, was a phenomenal experience, and just just love that year. Love my time with uh, with Fridgey on his staff, and um, you know, for me that was that was really uh, incredible. And um, you know, the, the the last piece that I think is is 
you know, something I think a lot about in terms of how I ended up here at, at Salisbury. Um, you know, when, when Dan Donato left um, after doing a great job of uh, really kind of getting the Salisbury program uh, on the path that it's on right now, um, you know, uh, Salisbury and, and Chisholm Chandler, the headmaster, were, were looking for a new coach uh, when Dan took the job at Dexter. And, um, you know, Kevin Patrick, uh, was a co-assistant coach with me at Union for three of the four years I was there. And he was friends with uh, Mr. Chandler, and um, he, he dropped my name uh, to, to Mr. Chandler uh, as a potential uh, candidate for the vacancy here. And, um, you know, that that kind of put the wheels in motion. And uh, I've, I've had a lot of luck along the way. Um, you know, for, for Kevin to offer me the job at Union that first year and, and then for it to come around the, the second year. The same thing uh, happened here, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Chandler offered me the job and um, I had just uh, met my, uh, my future wife at the time. We were about uh, three, four months into a relationship and me moving to Connecticut and her staying in Toronto didn't seem like a, a good uh, step in the right direction. Uh, so I declined, uh, that first year and said though, that if, uh, if there was still an opportunity the the following year, uh, please be sure to give me a call. And, uh, you know, Matt Corkery, who we'll talk about, I'm sure, um, you know, agreed to take the job, uh, on an interim basis for a year. And sure enough, uh, Mr. Chandler called me, uh, the following year to, to say the opening was still there and uh my wife and i jumped on it and uh you know 14 years and two kids later we're still here and uh, absolutely loving it that's that's terrific and obviously the bulk of the, the podcast is going to be on your experience at salisbury but but you you mentioned your dad earlier and i just want to circle back so fascinating i mean football coach you become a hockey player you go to the the NCAA and you and you you're in the you're down in Alabama and Mobile, right? So uh, that that had to be an interesting uh, an interesting experience for a Toronto guy. Um, but going back to your dad, what what values did he instill in you? I mean, granted, football isn't hockey, but from being around him, being the water boy, seeing how he prepared his teams, how he mentored his student athletes, what were the biggest takeaways you had from your dad? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think the first thing was just, um, you know, this idea that if you're, if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. And, um, you know, he really, I think instilled in, in me and my siblings, you know, the, the importance of, of being passionate, bringing energy, um, not only working hard, but, but being positive uh, and enthusiastic while you're doing it. And, you know, that's, that's one of the the things that I remember most about uh, being around some of my dad's teams were just the, the impression I have is how much fun they were having, that they were working and they were competing and, and learning and growing, but they were having a lot of fun while they were doing it. And, um, you know, to, to understand that those two things aren't, uh, exclusive of one another that working hard and competing, um, you know, while bringing energy and being positive and really enjoying what you're, what you're doing, I think is, uh, um, is, is something that, that he instilled that I really carry with me, um, you know, every day. And, 
you know, I think the other piece is, you know, he was a, a detailed guy, um, you know, and, and really uh, emphasized the, the process and, and doing things the right way and having a plan about how you want to go about doing things and, and having confidence in that plan and not being inflexible or, or stubborn uh, with it, but understanding that you, you've got to kind of have uh, a method to the madness to, to what you're doing. And so, um, you know, those were and are some of the, the most valuable lessons I think that uh, I took away from and continue to take away uh, from him. We, we talk often and he's been a huge uh, help for, for me uh, every step of the way, both as a player and as a coach and uh, really value his, uh, his input and perspective. Yeah. So you end up at, at Salisbury. Interesting, you said you, you actually turned down you turned down the opportunity when it first came your way. You made a personal decision. Sounds like it, it worked out well for you. Um, <laughs> but it's not every day that you turn down an opportunity and then get to get to reengage. So uh, how did that all t- come together? And, and, and based on what you said earlier, Dan Donato leaving that program is probably in a real good spot when you got there. Uh, but what just what was your your first impressions of of the school and and the and the team and the program when you arrived? Yeah, no, and I uh, I recognize and appreciate how how fortunate uh, I've been along the way, and uh, a lot of uh, really good people uh, took a chance on me and, and gave me some opportunities, and uh, you know that's something I think that's that's really important too, and and as a driving force is is that you know I I want to make sure that. Um, every step along the way, I was repaying those, those people with, with giving my best and representing their program, their schools um, to the, to the best of my ability. And, um, you know, as, as someone who, um, you know, has, has an opportunity to, to, to now run our hockey program here at Salisbury and be involved in a lot of different aspects of, of school life, um, you know, understand that, that a lot of people helped uh, make that opportunity available to me and in, in, in making sure that I'm, uh, I'm respectful and mindful of that at all times. Um, you know, listen, I, I was very fortunate spending the five years coaching division one hockey, um, that, that I knew of Salisbury. I'd been to the campus a few times, um, knew the coaches uh, had actually recruited, uh, one of their players, Matt Vagvolgi, uh, out of, uh, Salisbury to union. And so I had tremendous respect um, and appreciation for for the school and for for the hockey program. And, uh, you know, Mr. Flood, who was the headmaster, Matt Corkery and Sam Simmons and then Dan Donato, all those gentlemen who, uh, you know, are so synonymous with with Salisbury hockey that, um, you know, when this opportunity came along, it was something I was tremendously uh, excited about and uh you know, really to have the opportunity to, to continue to grow and, and challenge myself as a coach, the opportunity to, to work at a school where, um, you know, the, the student athletes um, were, were really encouraged to, to be the best that they could be uh, on and off the ice, um, you know, and, and also, um, you know, a, a chance where um, thought we had an opportunity to, to really help kids um, pursue, pursue their goals of, of being uh, college hockey players and, and potentially beyond um, was, was uh, an opportunity that um, I was absolutely thrilled to, to take advantage of. And 
Um, you know, before taking that job at Upper Canada College, I'd been away from home for, um, you know, I think it was 14 years. My wife's family's from the Toronto area as well. So to, to move away uh, after uh, I had spent all that time, my wife had played soccer at Seton Hall down in the U.S. too and had worked in the U.S. So we had both come home with <laughs> kind of the mindset that that's where we were going to be. And um, But the opportunity here at Salisbury uh, was one that we were just both uh, so excited about it and uh, didn't want to pass up. And, um, you know, it, we didn't expect to be here for 14 years. We thought uh, we'd be here for a bit and then return home. But just everything about the experience uh, professionally and personally has uh, has been so rewarding and uh, it's just been a phenomenal place to to start and, and raise our family so uh, we, we really love it. What were some of the the values that you wanted to instill right away uh, as you as you came in and you assessed it and you were you were starting from a good point what did you need to do? Yeah you know I think one of the first things um, I wanted to really uh, ensure happened with our kids. And, and this is in no way to suggest it wasn't because obviously we were, you know, Dan's team won the championship in, in 2006 and uh, we're some fantastic uh, hockey players and, and young men here at the school. Um, but, you know, going back to the question about my father and, um, you know, always wanted to um, not not just pick and choose when you decide to, to work hard and, and put your best foot forward. And it was really important for, for, for me and really important for our school that we continue to attract not only highly motivated, uh, highly talented and, and driven uh, hockey players, but we also um, needed to make sure we were finding highly motivated and, and driven uh, students and, and really quality character individuals. And that piece, um, I think, was, was really the, the foundation that I wanted to ensure that, that we had here. And it wasn't about, hey, you know, we got to win another championship or a bunch of championships here. Um, but we've, we've got to have um, really good kids, really good people who um, want to work uh, just as hard in the classroom. They want to work just as hard in the community to be good community members, meet the commitments and expectations that, that we have for them here. Um, and you can do all those things without sacrificing uh, on the hockey side. And uh, probably more than anything, um, that's, that's what I have found to be the, the most rewarding and exciting part uh, of my time here is um, just the, the, the quality and caliber of, of individual and, and family that uh, has been a part of uh, Salisbury and our program. And um, I like to believe that those two things really do go hand in hand. And, um, you know, as, as you go through the, through the years and the wins and the losses and you start seeing, um, you know, really that the, the, the margin of, of error, so to speak, in terms of winning that final game or losing that final game is, is so small and, and so minimal, but the the impact that that our kids have day in day out, not only on their own individual uh, growth and success, but also that of of our program is is huge. So uh, you know, right from the get go, that that's what we really wanted to prioritize. And 
I think building off of that was understanding that, um, you know, our, our hope and goal was to continue to, to help our players pursue their, their dream of being uh, college student athletes and trying to use the experience I had as a college player, as a college coach um, to, to implement some things here um, that would uh, certainly drive player development. That was the, the number one priority in terms of what we wanted to emphasize uh, as a staff and, and still do to this day, um, but also give them a real sense of what they can and should expect uh, once they got to the college level and understanding, managing, not only coming down to the rink uh, for, for practices and preparing for games, but what that entails in terms of off the ice with the uh, the weight room and the strength conditioning and taking care of your body, the, the video work, the, the school work, the communication with, with your teachers, seeking uh, help uh, when you need it. So all of those things. And, and that's one of the things I love about prep school. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Develop your game with Lovell Hockey this summer. Whether you're a youth player or pro, Lovell Hockey has summer clinics, leagues, and college combines that are right for you. Go to LovellHockey.com today to sign up for July and August programs. Availability is limited, so register before they sell out. Talk to us about your some of your 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 most memorable recruits and and, and and maybe why how were you able to get them why did you want them and uh what led them to be successful not only in Salisbury but after they they left the school and went on to to higher levels of hockey you know to to go back to those earlier years you know some of the some of the early guys that uh came through um you know Kevin Morris uh, Mark Morris's son um just uh phenomenal young man um not surprising knowing his mom and dad as well as i do just a great great student a great athlete a great person uh you know a coach's son understands uh what it takes to to be successful in all areas uh, you know uh and and one of his best friends and uh such an impactful young guy here uh gabe antoni 
uh, was a goaltender, came from the, the uh, Comcast program, um, went on and played at, uh, at Bentley. Um, Kevin played at Miami of Ohio. Um, you know, but, but Gabe was a varsity baseball player and actually played varsity soccer, varsity hockey, and then uh, varsity baseball when he was here and just an ultimate competitor. Um, and, and right around that time, another coach's son that uh, ended up here was uh, was Johnny Stevens. So John Stevens, um, you know, had been the head coach out in uh, Philadelphia with the Flyers and then um, was in L.A. and is actually now an assistant in Dallas. Uh, you know, and Johnny came in here and uh, obviously went on to a great career at Northeastern and is playing uh, in Abbotsford in the American Hockey League still. So, you know, those were a couple guys. Uh, you know, early in, in my time here that embodied exactly what, what we were hoping to have high level student athlete, um, great character kids um, really invested in, in their growth, but also ways that they could make our uh, school and community better. And, you know, it was coincidental, um, you know, but to get, you know, uh, you know, highly respected college pro coach and Mark Morris to have his son, be a part of our program, you know, the, the son of an NHL coach um, at that time. And, you know, that's kind of led to, to some other, uh, you know, families that have been in that world too. And, you know, Scott Luce, who's the uh, director of scouting for Las Vegas, Golden Knights, uh, both his sons played here. Harrison did a PG year before going to Hobart and, and being a rower. Um, and then uh, Griffin, uh, who came in as a sophomore and then played for the U.S., national development program before going to Michigan and is playing in the American hockey league now. And, um, you know, Pete DeBoer, uh, who's coaching in Vegas, uh, both his sons, uh, came here, Jack, uh, who also went to the development program. And then, uh, Matt who graduated from here, um, and was a part of that 2020 championship team. Um, you know, so some of those people in that hockey world, um, in terms of funny recruiting stories, um, and, and how things work out, um, you know, Tage Thompson uh, was was coming to Salisbury, and um, he didn't even get invited to Natty Camp. You know, the U seventeen Natty Camp uh, in Buffalo, and I can't remember the player uh, who got sick twenty four forty eight hours before Natty Camp, and they asked Tage if he would be the uh, the fill in, um, and Tage went, and I think he scored seven goals in three games. Um, and got an invite out of Natty Camp to to play uh, on the uh, U18 team uh, with the development program. So oh, wow. we lost him yeah. uh, over the summer, understandably so. But uh, over the course of uh, recruiting Tage, we got to know Tice. And Tice uh, fell in love with, with Salisbury as a young kid um, and then decided to come here um, as a sophomore, was here as a sophomore and a junior, um, before, uh, you know, he went and uh, played in Dubuque uh, for his senior year of high school. But I don't know that Tice would have been here if uh, if we hadn't uh, started that process with Tage initially. So um, we obviously would have loved to have Tage here, but, um, you know, to, to get Tice was uh, more than just minor consolation, I'll tell you that. Right. Uh, Two NHL guys, not too bad. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, really fortunate, Johnny Beecher um, was a – young guy that, that came uh, to Salisbury as well. And, uh, you know, obviously went on to the development program and 
just finished up in Michigan, first round draft pick of, of uh, the Bruins and is in Providence finishing up right now. Um, you know, and just uh, a phenomenal young man, a phenomenal family. And one of those guys who, you know, was, was really highly touted as a young kid because he was about as big as he is now and <laughs> skated as well as he skates now as a, as a sophomore in high school. And, um, you know, for him to come in here and, challenge himself to compete against um, some older, bigger, stronger kids, um, you know, and listen, he, he made the choice to go to the development program, but I think that was a really tough decision for, for, um, for Johnny and his family, just because of how much they were enjoying um, everything here at the school. And, you know, Johnny's got a piece of art uh, still hanging in our, our humanities building uh, here at campus. And so, you know, he was a guy who, yes, a heck of a hockey player by no means, I uh, want to shortchange him there, but um, not that he's as good an artist as he is a hockey player, but just he, he embraced um, everything that the, the school had to offer. And, um, you know, our, we've been really fortunate with, you know, the list of, you know, some of our uh, NHL draft picks over the years. Um, and we've had a, a run recently, but, you know, Matt Coronado coming here uh, as well. And, you know, 13th overall uh, to Calgary in, in the most recent draft, um, you know, Lucas Mercury, uh, Kevin Wall, Peter Delibatori, um, you know, um, those types of guys, um, again, and think of them as, as obviously outstanding hockey players, but, um, you know, to, to what you said about that holistic approach. And it's one of the things that I love about the prep school experience is you really get to work with those kids, not only at the rink every afternoon, but in the dorm and in the dining hall and, you know, a whole bunch of other venues. And so, um, you know, they're, they're outstanding players, but, but phenomenal kids as well. Yeah. And I mean, you've, you've gone through a, a laundry list of, of names and I think that that speaks to the quality of recruiting. So, so talk to me about your assistance and the synergy that you must employ as a, as, as, as a unit. I mean, obviously you, you came from the college ranks, so you understood the importance of recruiting. You brought your own methods, but what do your, what do your uh, assistants do for you? Yeah. There, I mean, I can't even begin to uh, express how grateful and, and fortunate I've been to to have the the group of assistant coaches that I've had over over my time here. And going back to my first year uh, with with Nate Riddle and, and Matt Corkery, um, and then you know Matt was was with me for uh, a bunch of years, and Brian Finney, um, you know, was was there with John Toffee. Uh, for a number of those uh, championships um, kind of in the mid-teens. And, and then now as our, our current staff is with Kirk Calling, Will Leedy, and uh, Charlie Strauss. And, you know, again, really good hockey people, really knowledgeable, really experienced. Um, all of those guys uh, played college hockey. Um, you know, um, Brian obviously went on to coach uh, at Middlebury before getting back into the prep game. Um, you know, really fortunate that Will Leedy here uh, was a, a assistant coach at Connecticut College with Jim Ward. Um, Kirk Calling had been an assistant coach at Castleton, um, you know, with Alex Todd uh, and Charlie, uh, you know, was a guy who played at Middlebury and then was able to play a number of years over in Europe. And so they came with a lot of uh, experience um, as players, a lot of experience on the coaching side, which which is, is huge. And recognize and understand that, that, that I don't have all the answers and um, you know, the, the more input, the more collaboration, 
the more uh, feedback uh, that that uh, we get as a staff uh, only makes us better. And um, you know, for that certainly extends on the recruiting front. And um, you know, the recruiting piece, uh, you got to be excited about doing that and putting in the time. And um, obviously, that involves at the prep school level managing a few other things, right? Um, those guys teach, uh, they coach other sports, they run dorms. So to, to get out, get on the road, uh, to manage the phones and the email um, takes a lot of time and effort and, and they do it because they love it and they're, they're really, really good at it. So, um, you know, those guys have, have been hugely uh, instrumental in, in helping us, um, you know, on the, on the recruiting front and, uh, attracting uh, a lot of the kids and families that have uh, have come here. So, um, you know, again, alluded to, uh, you know, that piece about the students and being able to get to know them in, in so many ways, uh, you know, with these prep school communities where we all live here and, and work here, um, you know, those relationships uh, really do extend uh, beyond just down at the rink in the afternoon. And uh, not only have these guys been uh, so impactful and have have had such a, an influence on the success of our program um, they've been great friends and um, you know to to me my wife and, and my family uh, as well so you're you're coming off of a championship you, you've had multiple championships I've, I have to know though who gets credit who who was instrumental in the Ritzkoian clan coming to to Salisbury because <laughs> I know I know now I I did get a chance to talk to Justin and he 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 pointed out hey it didn't happen when he was there and then he went off to the USHL but he was very happy to be in the building watching his younger brother um, you know cl- close it out and, and beat Belmont Hill but but two really impressive players that I think when you look at what you've been talking about this whole podcast in terms of what the Salisbury school type player and what you're trying to instill brings out uh, those are two very good examples. Oh, they're great examples, and I'm glad you brought them up. Just fantastic young men, fantastic hockey players, and you know it. It started with uh, obviously with uh, with Justin, and um, you know going back even to Dan Donato's time. Um, you know, there's there's been a a string of uh, Montreal area families obviously coming to prep school, but. Uh, here at Salisbury and it started, you know, with the Biega uh, family. And uh, I got here my first year, Danny Biega was, was a senior. Um, and then, you know, he was the third of, of four brothers who came to Salisbury. And then Mark, um, you know, came in, I think it was my second year he came in and, you know, he was the only one of the four that didn't go to Harvard. Um, you know, Mark went to Merrimack. And so there'd been this long run over the years, um, Frankie Drolet, Philip Zalanka, Vamal Sukumaran, Neil Robinson, um, of, of guys who played for the Lac St. Louis Lions. And that's where uh, Justin was playing and um, had been trying to, to get him to, to come to Salisbury. And uh, he was having a phenomenal uh, midget AAA career up there. And um, we were able to, to get him to come down and um, just so impressed with uh, the way he played and his IQ and skill level and compete level. And, you know, he did, he came down, did that repeat junior year and he was outstanding. I mean, that team uh, that year uh, was, was, I would argue is the the strongest, probably the the strongest, most talented, deepest 
team over the course of my 14 years. And as you said, we didn't, we didn't win that, uh, that championship that year. Um, but you know, uh, Justin just, uh, was such a, a leader and impactful guy, uh, on our team and obviously got to know Dylan, uh, with Justin being here and, uh, knew, knew of him and, uh, as, as he was a young man and as a player and, uh, kind of similar to Tice, he was really excited about, uh, Salisbury and, the potential to follow in his, his brother's footsteps. And so, um, you know, I think Dylan uh, recognized that Justin had a great experience and that helped him move on to the USHL and Northeastern. And, and so he wanted to uh, thankfully follow in the, the same path. So, um, you know, we were able to, to get him uh, kind of that brother connection and um, you know, part of that too, they're really good friends with uh, Lucas Mercury, who wasn't playing for the lions up there, but was playing midget AAA in Montreal as well. So, uh, we're really, really fortunate and uh, appreciative to have uh, the Rescovians here. Right, and uh, I know I spoke to, to to Brian Finney, and again, you, you mentioned him as one of your former assistants. Interestingly enough, twenty twenty, you you guys defeated Dexter in the in the in the championship game, and Dan Donato, and then twenty twenty two. You're you're playing one of your former assistants, and I mentioned to him two one game. And uh, I think Zach Rizuski made a tremendous keep in at the blue line, and Dylan got the pass, and he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he made no mistake. Like in 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 a season like this, where sometimes it just comes down to one play, right? And that, I mean, granted, it it wasn't the winning goal, but it was a huge goal in, in terms of that game. But your best players have to be your best players. No, you're absolutely right. Your your best guys need to need to step up and they need to perform. They need to produce in those those key moments. And uh, you know, we were we were really fortunate that that our guys did that this year. And you know, you you touched on a few guys on that play with with Z making making the keep in at the blue line and Walshy making the pass, finding uh, Dylan. And then you know, <laughs> I know for Finns, it was the last guy he wanted to uh, see with the puck on his stick. That was the first guy we wanted to see with the puck on a stick in that right. situation. And, uh, you know, he, he, he buried it and, um, you know, he just so much confidence, uh, and just relishes those key moments. And, you know, to me, that's, that's one of the, the characteristics and the quality, uh, that allows those best players to, to be the best players is they get excited they're motivated. They're driven. They really embrace that that pressure, that that moment and opportunity, as opposed to kind of shrinking from it. And uh, Dylan was was absolutely uh, that guy. So um, you know, as you said, that wasn't the the winning goal, but it, it certainly was was key because um, you know it gave us a little bit of breathing room. I think it added a little bit of uh, doubt, uh, you know, to to Belmont Hills thinking and not that they let up or, or gave up in any way they're a heck of a team and battled all the way to the end but you know it, it uh, became a bit of a, a steeper hill for them to climb and just gave us a little bit more confidence to close that game out and I think you know I mean obviously Kimball Union I was I was feet away from Ben Poitras when he was able to he just kind of grabbed that he got the puck and he, he just kind of turned around and did the did the basic maxim tenet of hockey get the puck to the net you never know what's going to happen right and in overtime game and, and just like that you guys are in the in the championship game uh, character character play character win yeah you know that that game uh was was so much fun and um i think just 
embodied the the quality and character of our team this year. You know, you got one of your best, most important players making a play like that to to win it for us. Um, you know, it just as you said, you, you got to put pucks to the net in in overtime, and uh, good things can happen. And you know, I've been fortunate over the years to have a lot of, of those types of games with uh, you know Tim Whitehead and, and his team, and they beat us right at the uh, the buzzer at the Floodmar, which we talked about earlier. And uh, you know, it was our turn this time to get them, and they had gotten us in two championship games. Uh, I think it was in uh, eighteen and nineteen, and. You know, over the years, he and I have stood at center ice after the games, and and Tim will always say, you know, it's it's just a balance that goes one way or the other. The teams are so evenly matched, and kids play so hard and so well. And he and he's right. And um, you know, but I I also think you know you you talk about that game and you look at just the the contributions from from some of the other guys over the course of uh, that game that just as I said at the beginning, just give you a chance for something exciting to happen, right. To, to be in a position where you can go into to overtime and, you know, Austin McNicholas to play as well as he did, um, you know, a guy like Trey Deer, who is a little unheralded, uh, but just was, a, you know, a jack of all trades for us, did, did a bit of everything. And, um, you know, Ryan Walsh really couldn't play in that KUA game. So, you know, we had to move our lines around a little bit and guys like Jackson Abbott, uh, really stepped up and contributed and, you know, Cole Eichler and Connor Driscoll, like those guys, Lee Parks, you know, who, Lee Parks. Absolutely. I mean, you, you scored that first goal. Um, you know, those guys were just, uh, were just, you know, bought in, stuck with what we were trying to do and, and ultimately did give us a chance. And, uh, you know, so excited for Ben and nobody loves scoring goals more than him and uh, for him to, to do that. And, uh, you know, give our team the chance to, to play on Sunday was was awesome. You met my favorite guy on your team you mentioned earlier, and so I'm going to give him a little love, and that's Trey Deer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you talk about a winning hockey player, and he's a, he's a heck of a lacrosse player. And, and I was going to ask you, is there any chance, you know, I, I'm not a junior <laughs> hockey guy anymore, but is there any chance we can we can convince him to to keep pursuing hockey? Because, man, uh, I, I think I think Kyle Devitt will probably have him on our on his lacrosse podcast at some point because uh what an athlete what a competitor what a winner yeah he he really is and you know i i was recruiting him uh on the hockey side he was playing at cooper academy up in montreal and um you know he's you know his cousin went to salisbury and so there was a little bit of a connection to the school and when i first met him he was he was just a tiny little guy um and obviously he he's grown and uh, you know, as I understand it, you know, he's one of the best uh, lacrosse players in his age group uh, in North America. And, um, you know, the opportunity to come down here and um, be a, an impactful guy uh, with both programs was was something that myself and Tom Spinell, our lacrosse coach, were, were thrilled about. And, and same with him. And, um, you know, to, to do that at a high level, um, not only just be on the team and, and play, but to contribute the way uh, Trey does and, and did this past year for us was, was incredible. And, um, you know, not the flashiest skater by any means. He's got some size, to him, but he's not the, the strongest kid, but just his, his IQ, uh, his hand-eye coordination, his hockey sense, his 
um, ability to compete and play in traffic. Um, you know, great draw guy, great PK guy, scored some big goals for us. So just contributed in, in so many areas. And uh, you're not the first guy to ask about uh, the possibility of him, uh, you know, reconsidering and, and pursuing uh, pursuing hockey. But, um, you know, it's it's awesome to see him on Wednesdays and Saturdays out on the lacrosse field playing. And uh, just so excited we get him back next year and, um, you know, really expect him to be a leader for us uh, on, on our team. He's a human buzzsaw. Well, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know what, Coach, I, I have to th- say – Individual success is a, is a product of team success, and you guys have uh, done a great job of building that. And uh, again, it 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 isn't how you start; it's how you finish. And you guys were were the were the last team standing at, at the end of it, and you 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 beat some worthy opponents. So my hats off to you. Uh, great job. It's it's been a real pleasure uh, having you here uh, joining us today and on Rinkwise. Well, thanks, Kirk. I really appreciate you you having me on. I really enjoyed this conversation and. Uh, Thanks for uh, all the support that you and, and you guys are uh, providing for for prep school and prep school hockey and and our student athletes. It's uh, really appreciated. Yeah, well, and you know what, my 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 ace producer Steve Saffron over there is is always uh, the man behind the plan, and and we just want good, compelling stories. And and as I said to you before we started, we there's no there's no roadmap, there's no instruction manual people can do to consult these things. They just have to kind of experience and, and, and make decisions, but the best decisions are the, the informed ones. And I think you've given people a lot to listen to this podcast to think about and to chew on. And boy, if I was a young aspiring player, I'd probably want to be make my way down to Salisbury School at, at some point. So, so again, uh, thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, until next time, uh, we will see you at the rink. Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NE Hockey Journal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.